Hey everybody, welcome to church. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Uh, we're in week three of Bread in the Wilderness. My name's Evan and uh, I'm the lead pastor of Northgate and just glad that you can join us today for the online experience of church. We don't believe that, that uh, we've skipped a beat. We don't believe that God has missed out on anything. Uh, though He's designed us to be together, he, he, he has made us to want to be with each other physically present with one another. We also know that God's a creative God, that He can work with us in the midst of this, that He's not waiting until everything is all resolved with COVID and everything is all resolved uh, with all that we're facing. Uh, but He's saying, I want to meet you now and here, wherever you're at, in your living room, in the space that you are right now. I want to meet you. And so I just hope that you're ready to meet with God today. I hope that you're open to what He would love to do in your life today because I believe it's something really, really good. Amen? Amen. By the way, you can say amen in your house. When I say amen in your house, you say amen. But and then the other thing you can do is pop on the comments and just say amen there or preach or go for it or awesome. Uh, if you want to learn uh, what to do, just follow Amy Emery's lead. Uh, she's showing you right now, probably in the comments. Uh, she's got a little diamond beside her. It says top fan. Yeah, that's her. Uh, anyways, we're, we're carrying on in this se- uh, series. Uh, two weeks ago, we started the series, and we started talking about the idea of Israel uh, cruising through the wilderness. They've just come out of Egypt. They're just heading towards the promised land, an incredible season in, in the history of God's people, and this miracle is, is, is going to take place where, where bread is all of a sudden shows up from heaven and provides for millions of people in this barren wasteland or this this dry wilderness in that space God is going to provide for them in an amazing way two weeks ago we talked about how how Jesus actually said of himself I really am the bread of heaven that it's not some miracle from the past but I'm the bread of heaven uh, that that you should come and, and 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 take me in receive me and I am the better miracle for your life I am the more fulfilling feast for your life that was a couple weeks ago. Last week, we talked about the idea that when Israel actually first got into the wilderness, they've just been saved from Egypt. Like a Red Sea has been split open. There were plagues to, to, to set them free. Like their God has shown up in power, and now they're in a wilderness heading towards the promised land, the most incredible land that God is saying, I'm going to give it to you. Even though there's powerful people there in fortified cities, I'm going to give you that space. And so they've just come from the miraculous, and they're heading to the miraculous. But in the midst of this moment, they start complaining and grumbling. Last week we said that grumbling doesn't make you better, it makes you bitter. Complaining doesn't make you better, it makes you bitter. And yet, we also saw that in the midst of a grumbling people, a people of God who were pushing back against their God, who had shown himself so powerful, even in the midst of that, God shows up in grace and says, but still, I'm going to feed you. Even though your grumbling is against me, and Moses kept saying that, if you remember we said that last week, Moses kept saying, you're not grumbling against me, you're grumbling against God. And God says, even though your grumbling is against me, even though you're turning away from me, even though you're rejecting me, even in the midst of this, I am going to be your God, I am going to reveal my grace to you, and I am going to feed you. Exodus 16 
verse 3 is where we're going to start off this week. And we did hear this scripture last week, but we're going to be taking these next few and just being uh, absorbing Exodus 16 mostly for the next few weeks. It says, The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. I just always love that. You just get a good picture of Israel. Oh, if only we were dead rather than here. What a beautiful scene they must be in, hey? What a beautiful scenario they must be in. If they're, if they're all collectively saying, you know what would be better than here? What's that? Death. What would just be better than this spot? Non-existence. If only God had never let us see this place. If only God had never let us live in this time. We are in a bad space in this time. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat. Yum. And ate all the food we wanted. But you, they're saying to Moses, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. Pretty bold statement. Moses, we're hungry, and clearly you have brought us to die. Here we are in Egypt, and you've clearly, or, or, or here we are out of Egypt in the wilderness, and you've clearly brought us here so that we could just die. What kind of plan is that, Moses? Why were you thinking that you'd want to take us out here to die? Clearly, you want us to die. Clearly, the Israelites are hungry. They're starving. I don't know about any of you, but sometimes when I'm hungry, I don't think with my right mind either. I don't necessarily have everything all, all figured out. When we're, when we're hungry, we just start to say, I just want food. The hunger we get, you know, I don't know if anyone in, in the room uh, or in your own living room ever gets a little bit hangry in life. The combo of hunger and anger. You get a bit hangry when, when, you're, when you're hungry, like your stomach starts longing for something and you don't really care how you treat people anymore. You're going to be rude. You're not going to be nice. You just need, you're going to be rude because you need the food. I just thought of that one. I just thought I'd better throw it out for you. It's a little treat. That's a little tidbit. It's not in the notes. It's just a tidbit straight from heaven. It's like bread from heaven into your living room. But, but uh, uh, that, that, that in, in those times when we're hungry, sometimes we just don't think right. It's like, Moses, we're hungry. And we're going to die here. And we need, we need God to provide. We need you to provide. We need something to change in this space. We need something to move here. We need food. But the reality for the Israelites is the same as it usually is for us. That when we go and we bring our concerns to God or to a Moses in our life, or maybe it's a, a parent or to our government or to whoever it is, someone who we think can answer our problems, often when we say, I'm hungry, whatever that may mean in our life, I want to change, I want it to look different, I want a resolution, I want that job, I want that healing, I want that financial blessing, I want that house, I want that, my kids want a puppy, you know, I, I want that thing, whatever that thing might be. And, and in those situations, we have a pretty clear idea of what it will take for God to answer our prayer. I'm hungry, and here's what I need, God, a meat pot. That's what they had in Egypt. The Israelites are like, oh, we're hungry in the wilderness. If only we had a meat pot. They have an expectation of what it should look like. If God is God, if he's powerful, if he's really God, 
Here's what it'll look like. We will wake up in the morning and there'll be a meat pot cuddling us in our bed. It'll be warm, it'll be luscious, it'll be beautiful. We're going to chow down until we just can't move and it's going to be amazing. That is how we will know that God answered our prayers. He had an expectation of what it should look like. An expectation of what God should do. If He's going to show up, this is what He should do. He should give us a meat pot. It's often that our expectations actually keep us from seeing God move in the way that He actually is moving. Sometimes we, 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 we are so sure of what God should do or would do or could do. If God really is God, this is what He would do. If God really is God, then He would show up in this way. He could do this and he would do this because I know a thing or two about God and if he is truly God he definitely wouldn't do this he wouldn't stand for that he definitely you have all of these ideas and it's often that what we expect from God is the very thing that keeps us uh, from accepting what God actually wants to do in our lives that we miss it meat pot or bust God, give me that thing, or I don't even know if you exist. And meanwhile, we're starving. You know, I recognize in our world that, that there's a bit of a hunger. There's a hunger for answers. There's a hunger for resolution. People have this hunger in their lives, whether you know it or not. People have a hunger in their lives that they're longing to, to resolve some circumstances within their own hearts that, that they want to fight for something, that they want to come against something, that they want to rise up, that they want to they figure out how to fix everything. They want, there's something going on in, a, in our world that people have a hunger, and it's a spiritual hunger. It's a hunger for, for there, there's something within me that I can't fulfill, I can't satisfy, and I'm trying to figure out how to quench this hunger and how to quench this thirst. say, I'm so hungry. I want to eat something. I need something. But for us, we have an expectation of what it should be, of what God would give us. And we're starving, not because God won't give us something, but because we choose not to eat what He gives us. And when He lays out the thing, okay, well, here's the life that I have for you then. Okay, here's my, the answer that I do have for your prayers. Okay, here's what I do want to do in your life. We say, no, 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 that's not what I want. You must not be God. Because my God serves my needs how I want him to serve my needs. And he goes, no, no, I am God. Here's what I have for you. Say, no, 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 that's not what I want. It's like my kids. My kids will often come to dinner, the dinner table and go, oh, I'm starving. Oh. And we're like, you literally ate a snack, which is the size of two meals, like an hour ago. How are you starving? Anyways, come on to the table, and you go, oh, just give me, here, I just need food. I'm barely going to make it. And we put the food on their plate, and then sometimes like, what is that? Um, I don't, mm, I don't think I like that thing. We're like, do you know what that thing is? No, but I'm pretty sure I don't like it. And, and I don't think I'm going to try it. And we try to make all these rules. You have to try things. Kendall will say to the kids, like, I don't know how many. She goes, you have to try something 11 times before you know if you like it or not. And I'm like, that doesn't sound 
that doesn't sound real to me, but okay, I'll go with that for a while. But you put something in front of them, like, I don't like that. And then they're like, well, what would you like? Mm, do we have any ice cream? Like, oh yeah, sure. Go ahead. We'll put aside the vegetable. Go ahead. We'll put aside the, the food that's good for you. Go ahead. Those beans, no, you don't need them. Go ahead. Let's get rid of all your food. Why don't you just eat ice cream for the rest of your life? That sounds great. That sounds like a really good thing for us to do for you. Go ahead, kid. We love you. We care for you. We just want you to have whatever you want. This is often how we're treating God. Our spiritual lives. We say, God, I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry for something real in my life. I'm hungry for you to fulfill the brokenness in my life. I'm hungry for you to resolve this situation. And then he shows up and says, I'm ready to resolve it. And we say, no, 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 not like that. Do you have any ice cream? Do you have any resolutions that mean I don't hurt ever, that mean I never have to face anything hard, that mean I don't really need discipline, that means I never actually have to change who I am? Do you have anything that would just be a little easier to digest? Could I just eat spiritual ice cream for the rest of my life, Jesus? Thank you very much. Well, just like I'd be a terrible dad if I said to my kids, go ahead and eat ice cream for the rest of your life. Let's leave any other foods out. So would God be a terrible God if he said, you know what, we don't need to teach you anything, you don't need to grow, you don't need to develop. Spiritual nourishment, nah, let's just do spiritual ice cream. Why don't I just answer all of your prayers exactly how you want, like a genie in a bottle, so that we, you can give way in your life to all of your vain, arrogant ideas and never have to actually grow at all. We say, we say, God, I've got hunger in my life often. And he'll show up with provision for our hunger, that we could be satisfied and fulfilled on what he has for us, but often we've missed, often we won't eat it because we've, we've missed a meal because we don't want to eat what he has. God, would you provide a healing? Sometimes God will show up and say, how about instead I'm going to provide perseverance? Well, well, no, I'm hungry for a healing, Lord. I'm hungry for you to, to solve this thing. I'm hungry for you to make this all better. And that's an okay prayer to pray. In fact, it's a great prayer to pray. And sometimes God's going to show up with the healing, and sometimes he's going to say, I'm going to show up with something that's going to allow you to carry yourself, care, to rely on me to get through this thing together. I'm going to give you perseverance. Say, ah, that's sort of like eating spiritual broccoli. Brussels sprouts, I'd rather, could I just have the spiritual ice cream instead? God, I need you to provide for me financially. God may say, you know what, I'm actually going to provide you wisdom for for a budget and and self-discipline enough to follow it. Boring. How about you just give me enough money to do everything that I ever wanted? You're God, aren't you? Like if God really exists, God would give me all the money that I need to do all the things that are really fun because God would 
obviously want me to have fun all the time in my life. You would never want me to eat spiritual broccoli and have to deal with things like contentment. Contentment is settling for something that's less than what I want. God wants me to have everything I want, doesn't he? God, I need you to deal with my enemy. Okay, I'll show you how to forgive. I was thinking lightning bolts. Earthquake, earth swallows my, my enemy. Could we do that one? No, how about forgiveness? Mm. God, I need you to remove this giant. How about I'll give you the courage to face it? God, I need you to solve this problem. How about I'll give you the wisdom so you don't have to avoid it anymore? God, I want you to accept me exactly how I am. He says, but I want to make you brand new. God, help my hurting city. He says, I will. I've already put it on your heart. You go and help your hurting city. God, provide uh, uh, for, for friends who are lonely. Provide uh, the, the people who are lonely. Provide them with friends. He says, I have. That's why you're praying about it. It's on your heart. You go and step into it. God, would you help me to understand Scripture and give me just like way more verses than my pastor has in, the, in my heart. I want to know more. And he says, great. I'm going to start to stir up discipline in you so you'll get up early and go to bed early so you can study the word. Nah, it's like eating broccoli. Say, God, I'm hungry for this, but I'd rather if you just gave me the food from over here rather than over here. Exodus 16, 12 to 15. God says, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared in the desert on the desert floor. Frost on the desert. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, Amazing! They said to each other, provision, incredible. They said to each other, what a blessing. No, they said to each other, what is it? What, what is this stuff like? This is not what we asked for. Ever got the wrong meal at a restaurant? Excuse me, this is not what I was looking for. Um, take it back. Get me the thing I asked for. I think that's sort of what the Israelites are doing. Um, we said uh, meat pots and bread. This is frost. Why is there frost in the desert? Anyways, I don't understand. This is very, all, it's all very confusing. What are we supposed to do with this? Uh, do you have any loaves? You know, do you have any sourdough? Uh, do, I mean, are there even any spreads here for any of this? Like, what are we going to do with all of these flakes on the ground? This is obviously not from God. What is this thing that is here? What is is it? In fact, they called it, they named the thing, what is it? So they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. <laughs> Love that. That's a good reason to ask what is it, is when you do not know what it was. See, they couldn't even recognize God's provision. They were hungry. They were starving. They said, if only we just had some meat and some bread. God shows up with meat 
and bread, but the bread looks different than what they knew. It's, a, it's this manna. It's this, it's this stuff that just showed up from the ground, and, and they don't recognize it for all its nutritious value. They don't recognize for all the ways it's going to sustain them and fulfill them. They just recognize that it's not exactly what they asked for. How often do we miss out on the thing that God wants to do in our lives because it's not exactly what we asked for? Oh God, um, excuse me, <clears throat> we treat them like our servant, like, or, or, or like a, a host at a restaurant, our server at a restaurant, which, I mean, restaurants are a bit of a sensitive issue right now because we're not all open in them yet. But anyways, imagine yourself in a restaurant, which some are opening up, and you're, you're there and they serve you the wrong thing. You say, excuse me, take this back and go get me the right thing. And this is what we're doing to God. God, take that back, go get me the right thing. I said I wanted healing, not perseverance. I said I wanted my giant to fall, not the courage to face him. I said I wanted my enemy to suffer, not that I would have to forgive them. I said I wanted riches, not contentment. I said I wanted you to resolve my marriage, not to teach me patience. I don't need all this stuff. Would you would you would you get this stuff off the table? I want to skip right to dessert if you don't mind. And God says to us, I do mind actually. Because you don't know what's best for you. I know what's best for you. And here it is. And we say, what is it? What is this stuff? And Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Moses teaches them, you're hungry. Eat. If you're truly hungry, eat what God gives you. For us with our kids, we say, no, if, if you don't eat, you can't have dessert. They'll be like, well, can I have a bedtime snack? No. <laughs> They're already planning. Can I just avoid this one so I can get to that thing over there and, and then I'll, uh, that, that'll be better because that's what I actually want. I don't want to have to go through this thing that I don't really want. But as parents, we're like, no, we know what is best for you. We know what you need in this season. We know what you need at this meal. We know what you need at this time. You can tell us all the things you want, but we know what you need in this time. You tell us you're hungry, and you say you want to you fulfill your hunger or satisfy your hunger with bubble gum for the rest of your life. We're going to say, no, that is not the best thing for you. We want to feed you good food, maybe a little bit of bubble gum on the side, but we want to feed you good food. God does the same with us and says, I have a good thing for you. Uh, but we pray to him often with this expectation of what provision should look like in our life so that we miss provision when it actually shows up in our life. And we say, what is this? And we blow it away and say, that's not what I asked for. Give me what I asked for. And we starve to death. We're still starving because we never ate what he gave us. You know, probably the greatest reason people missed out on Jesus didn't believe in Jesus and missed out on all that he offered when he walked this earth was that he didn't match their expectation of how he should look. I think it's still true today. They missed the bread sometimes in the desert. They took some coaching in the desert because they would have missed it. 
because it didn't look like what they thought it should look like. People missed the bread of heaven, Jesus Christ, because he didn't look like what they thought he should look like. And I think people still in our culture and society today are missing a relationship with God, their Father, with Jesus, their Savior, because they're like, well, if God really existed, he would look like this. This box is how he would fit, and I would be able to keep them right in my back pocket and pull them out when I want and put them back when I want. That is what God would look like and until he looks like that I can't believe in him and God is saying I'm serving you up what's real and true and fulfilling and you're avoiding it because it doesn't look like what you expected. What a strange concept it is that we think God should fit in our box, our minds. Mark 6, 1-3 says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. And so here he is in his hometown teaching, and people's minds are being blown. But then they say this, where did this man get these things? What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's doing and performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Why did they take offense? Not because he was doing miracles, not because he was incredibly wise, not because his teachings were blowing their minds, though all of that was true. They took offense because all of those things didn't fit their concept of who this person should be. When God rattles our expectation of what he should look like, We sometimes take offense. Excuse me, God, you're climbing out of your box. Get back in. I need you to fit right here so I can display you. I can pull you out if I need to, and you can just get back on in there when I'm done. And if you try to come out of that box at times when I don't invite you out of that box, When you ask me to think outside of the box, and especially if you ask me to eat my spiritual veggies, I'll be offended. And I might just reject you. I think what God would say to us is this. Well, then you will keep starving. Because you're not just hungry for what you know would fulfill you. You're hungry for what he knows would fulfill you. Here's the great news. It's that God invites you to the table. And you may be even here today, you may be at church with us today because you're, you're hungry for something. You may, be, you may be searching for something. You may be feeling lost. You may be dealing with a tragedy in your life. 
You may be overcome by financial stresses in your life. You may be feeling the weight of all the things that are going on in the world right now, and that's consuming you. You may be struggling with your identity right now and feeling like you don't fit and wondering what that's supposed to look like in your life. And as you're dealing with all of that, you're trying to figure out, could something fulfill me? Could something satisfy me? Maybe you have an idea of what it would be. Maybe you think it's acceptance that would satisfy you. Maybe you think it's finances that would satisfy you. Maybe you think it's friendship or or a relationship. Maybe you think it's when you have kids. Maybe you think it's graduating or finishing that thing. Whatever you think it is, it's not that. You're starving for the Savior of your soul to show up and meet you at the table and He has set a place for you. He said, come and eat. It's not ice cream though. And your first response is going to be, but I want ice cream. It's going to be, give me that sweet stuff. Give me that stuff that tastes so good and is so easy to to just consume so much of. And he's going to say, no, no, that's not the good stuff for you right now. I want to give you what will nourish you, strengthen you for the journey. But just like Moses said to them, God is saying to you, you have to eat it. You have to choose to to take in Jesus for your fulfillment. You have to learn to rely on the provision of God for, for your fulfillment rather than whatever else you've believed would provide fulfillment for your life. The manna is here. The bread from heaven is here. Jesus is here. And he's saying, choose me. Lay down all of those other things and choose me. Stop believing in every other thing and choose me. Stop trusting in every other uh, uh, fulfillment to, to take care of your starvation and trust that I can take care of your starvation. Put your starvation there and feast on who Jesus Christ is. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Today, maybe some of you need to make a big decision in your life. Maybe for some of you, you feel like you, you, you've, been, you've been eating the wrong thing. You've been rejecting the meal that's in front of you. You've been saying, no, I don't want to eat what you have for me, God. You've been praying, God, if you really are God, this is how you'll show up and this is what you'll do. And, and, and he's been saying, no, I actually want to do this other thing for you, whatever that might be. Maybe for you today, it's time to trust and say, maybe, God, you know better what I should be eating than I even know. Maybe you know better what will satisfy this hunger and this craving in me than I even know. Maybe today it's time to lay those things down and choose Jesus as your one and only source of fulfillment. Today, he says, well then, come on up to the table and eat, taste and see that I'm good. Maybe you bow your heads if you're able, wherever you're at right now, close your eyes. Maybe you put your hands out like this, just ready to receive <laughs> the feast that God has for you, the provision that God has for you through Jesus Christ. And I want to pray for you. 
God, we always, we always think we know what will fulfill us. We always think we know what, what we actually need to be happy, what we need to feel full, satiated, provided for. We think we know it. But God, today, you're clarifying for us. You're leading us. You're speaking to our hearts and saying, you don't need all of those meals that look really good at the time but actually leave you with a bellyache afterwards. You just need me. So God, I pray that for those who are regularly rejecting Jesus in their life, rejecting the fulfillment that you give, today, our hearts are open to help us to accept it. The gift of Jesus Christ. The gift of, of life in God, which doesn't always look the same as what we thought, which maybe doesn't provide the same way we thought, and yet it's exactly what we need. God, would you allow us to today drop our expectation of what we, we require to be happy and fulfilled and instead just turn to exactly what you have provided. In Israel, it was manna. What is it? And later on, it was Jesus, the true bread of heaven, where people still said, what is this? Jesus, we don't understand everything about you. We don't understand everything about the life of fulfillment that you give. But today we accept it. Help us receive your spirit. Help us to feel full today. You're the only one who fulfills. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.